0: Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal, and I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to Cannabis Daily for TGIF, January 7th. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If not, welcome back. If you like what you see, you can check out the rest of our channel with our full Business of Cannabis archive on YouTube. You can find that at slash. YouTube. And like all YouTube channels, I'm obliged to ask you to smash the subscribe button. And if you're tuning in outside of YouTube, we'd encourage you to head to our channel anyway and subscribe and keep up with all things in the cannabis industry. For those of you new to business of cannabis, since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people and trends driving the cannabis industry, and that's what we look to do here every day. First, we run through the key stories we're following, then go to a cannabis conversation in our B of C Live segment. Today's BFC Live segment is with Israel Gasparin and Jay McMillan from Zentrella to talk about their unique approach to cannabis consumer research using really cool tech and brainwaves and AI, so stick around for that. We'd love to hear from you in the comments as well, and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com as well as through all our social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. For today's stories we're following, 2022 is already seeing new legalization and updates to cannabis policy across the U.S. U.S. federal government no longer has a monopoly over cannabis research in the U.S. That's good news. Forbes called Dutchie a wannabe, but also compared them to Shopify. So that's uh, we'll cover that in a moment. And Intercure is bringing cookies to Europe. Before we take a look at those stories, you're among the first to know that in April we'll be headed to Miami for a new event series called Business of Cannabis. Miami will be driving will be diving deep into technology design and data of cannabis retail. It's presented in partnership with Prohibition Partners and Business of Cannabis and will showcase tech design data driving the flourishing cannabis retail sector. Stay tuned for more details and updates about sponsors, speakers, and event details. It'll also be streaming, so get your early bird tickets to join us in person in Miami or online. There's a link in the description below. For our first story, 2022 has already seen some major state-led legalization and other cannabis policy take effect. It'll be a big year for a number of states towards the march of legalization. Montana, known as the big sky country, I guess now is the big high country, uh, they've launched adult-use cannabis sales in Louisiana, just introduced flour to medical patients. Uh, this is all according to MJ Biz Daily. And here are some other key milestones We're following New York's opt-out period for municipalities for cannabis retail and lounges has ended. And New York has launched a $200 million equity-focused fund to further ensure social equity and the licensing process. And importantly, that those licensees have access to capital. There are purchase limits on concentrates in Colorado. They decreased. And in Oregon, purchase limits increased. Both states also launched delivery. So important news in those sort of older, more mature markets. New Mexico is ready to launch its adult use market April 1st. No kidding, April 1st. And much less good than some of those stories. A recent court ruling Minnesota could make all THC in CBD products illegal, even if it's trace amounts, even if it's derived uh, and putting the CBD industry uh, at risk and on edge. Uh, Yesterday, we talked to Jason Terasek from Minnesota Cannabis Law uh, for our BSC Live conversation. You can check that out as well. Uh, From the uh, Denver-based consultancy VS Strategies, Andrew Livingston said, strap in because this is going to continue to change over time. We are strapped in, Andrew, and we will connect with you soon. For our second story, the monopoly on cannabis research has finally ended. The five-decade-long U.S. federal monopoly on cannabis research for uh, cannabis research uh, for Uh, uh, sorry, cannabis for research purposes has ended, uh, reports Marijuana Moment, Uh, they confirmed that Groff North America Hemplex and the biopharmaceutical research company, BRC, has harvested samples. And why it matters. So for 50 years, only one facility at the University of Mississippi has has been allowed to produce cannabis for research purposes. But the quality of those samples were, well, subpar and chemically quite different from what's available in stores across uh, the country, but also from your local guy, uh, according to researchers, advocates, and others. So by allowing more competition, researchers believe the quality of their cannabis studies will improve. Uh, George Hodgkin, the CEO of BRC, said these steps are taking place because of the loud drumbeat of the advocates of the cannabis community over the past decades. Before we get to our third story, every Friday, we highlight the job of the week from our partners at Cannabis at Work. Today, we're highlighting a position in beautiful Vancouver, B.C. Cannabis at Work is recruiting for a licensing specialist in Vancouver. If this sounds like you, we encourage you to get in touch with the team at Cannabis at Work at CannabisAtWork.com. As well, if your firm, if your company, if your startup is looking for people, we encourage you to connect with the great team at Cannabis at Work. They are as connected and know as many people as anybody in the sector and are great at positioning the right job with the right people. So reach out to them at cannabisatwork.com. For our third story, Duchy is the Shopify wannabe of we. That, according to Forbes, Ross and Zach Lipson, the brother, brothers co-founders of the Bend, Oregon-based Dutchie, were profiled in Forbes. The piece shares the delivery app's origin story and how the duo attracted investment from Howard Schultz, Kevin Durant, Uh, Snoop Dogg, to build their company, which is now valued at a whopping $3.8 billion. The story did point out that the company isn't yet profitable. Instead, they're focused on growth. Uh, Depending on the state, many of the transactions are still done by cash. So Visa, MasterCard, Square, and other payment processors won't accept cannabis transactions yet. And federal legalization, when it happens, those payment processors would certainly enter the industry, along with Shopify and other mainstream competitors. It was quite a compelling piece uh, in the high-level Forbes magazine. If you want to hear from Ross, Zach, uh, the Lipson brothers, we connected with Ross in November, and you can find that on our YouTube channel. We connect with Zach in October at MJ Biz. You can find both of them uh, in the description below. You can watch and listen to those respectively. For our final story, Intercure is bringing cookies to the UK. Through its partnership with Israel's Intercure, California's cookies brand stores and medical pharmacies are opening in the UK and Austria early, early this year, according to Business Can. The details, the pharmacies will be the UK's first dedicated medical cannabis dispensaries. CEO Alex Rabinovich, that of Intercure, is targeting regions where he believes adult-use cannabis legalization will follow, and the Intercure cookie stores are already open in Israel. So Europe's first will open in London and then Vienna with premium CBD products and cookies merch which is cool and available at the Queen West store here in Toronto as well. Uh, From, uh, uh, quote, we believe that what happened in Israel, the process that we saw here in Israel coming from the tight ultra-medical and very strict regulations and opening it up and building up the confidence within the physician and the patient communities will happen in Europe, that according to Intercures Rabinovich. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 10,000 others and catch all these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. You can find out how to do that in the link below as well. Coming up next, it is our BFC Live segment, a conversation with Israel Gasparin and Jay McMillan from Zentrella. Uh, they are using AI technology and Zentrella 's neurotechnology platform. They put together a proven test to objectively quantify cannabis psychoactive effects. We discuss their approach and the benefits of the insights to cannabis uh, that cannabis producers are finding from their insights. Here is a conversation with Israel Gasperin and Jay McMillan from Zentrella. Hey guys, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks very
2: much, again, for having us.
0: I'm, I'm excited to have you because it doesn't often happen this way, but when I was doing a little background about what we're going to talk about, I looked on the website and was completely intrigued. That doesn't happen a lot because I've done a lot of these, but um, Israel, we're going to go to you first. Tell Absolutely. me what Zentrella is so people also can be intrigued and we'll post how to like, look up you guys with this video as well, but tell us a little about Zentrella.
2: Absolutely, Jay. So centralizing neurotechnology company is specialized in combining neuroscience with artificial intelligence with the goal of analyzing electrical brain activity in an objective way to understand how consumers feel after trying a cannabis product. And our first commercial application is, you know, the use of our neurotechnology to document what type of cannabis experiences, commercial available recreational products create for consumers. And this type of data is being used by producers and other type of cannabis companies in order to understand what is the performance of their products in terms of consumer experiences. We can talk about more about the the, the value of the data that we generate, but it's it's for R&D purposes and marketing purposes overall in a nutshell that's what centralized is, is is doing
0: so so i i don't like i use this you would tell me this impact on my brain basically you'd be
2: able to correct analyze that. correct so what we basically are doing is conducting consumer experience research we have a large community of cannabis consumers that participate in our studies where they bring their products they consume it exactly as they would do it at home or whatever they, they, they consume Perfect. it. And it, you know under that type of occasion, for example, watching TV or studying, whatever. So we replicate those scenarios and they consume the product in our research facility. Then we use our neurotechnology and other research tools in order to accurately document who you are as a consumer, what type of product you brought, so we have evidence of all of you know, those two main factors that create that cannabis experience. And this is what, here is where we use our neurotechnology to objectively measure how participants feel after consuming that product. And What I mean by feel is what is the psychoactive experience created by that product at you know, different time points for during five hours, which is what it lasts the 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 participation in our studies and this database is what we are you know creating in order to start understanding okay that vape product for this type of consumer is creating this type of scientific this type of consumer experience and the most important aspect is that we are coming up with scientific evidence that back up the type of information so producers and you know, e-commerce solutions, et cetera, I can leverage this content in order to comply with the regulations for informational promotions or for internal R&D to understand what is the performance of my product? How do I differentiate? What's the difference between my product versus the competitors in terms of consumer experiences? And based on that, you know, come up with a strategies to differentiate them, to improve the formula, for you know, the formulation of the product, et cetera, et cetera.
0: It's, it seems groundbreaking to me. And I spend a lot of time doing this and you're based in Hamilton, if I'm not right in Hamilton, Ontario.
2: That's right. correct, yeah. the research facilities in
0: Canada. And so Jay, I see you shaking your head obviously and, and you're involved. Tell us a little bit about, from sort of your background in the cannabis space, like what, what type of research, what, what does this research do to inform like brands, product, R and D from your perspective?
1: Oh, it's, it's huge. So when you look at it, when you're trying to create a product, right, you create a product and in, in our current regulatory environment, there's you're sort of hamstrung, right, there's only certain things you can do, even though you've got an R&D license actually going through and running the, the, the proper test to understand how a consumer is going to use the product to get that that usage and attitudinal study tied into how the product actually affects them is virtually impossible. So you end up doing two separate things. You end up doing this usage and attitudinal study, which asks people to recollect how they felt when they were high. What were they doing when they were high? What products were they using when they were high? What other things were they doing while they were high? And that's that's a hard thing for a consumer to remember necessarily, right? If, and hard if, thing if for, you're doing it right, yeah. If you're doing it right, exactly. <laughs> so hard to tie all of that back together to be able to say, this is what differentiates the product. On the other hand, you could get into some really deep, you know, medical like studies where you go out and you, you're drawing blood, and you're actually seeing, you know, how quickly are the are the molecules actually hitting the bloodstream, and what from that, you know, how much of that is actually hitting the bloodstream? So I can say, you know, well, the onset was this amount of time, you know, they got to this this level of highness, you know, it dur- had a duration of that, but that's incredibly expensive. So LPs tend not to do that because it's 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 hard, it's expensive, it's not it's not um, if you will not not fluid enough as far as where our business is going so by doing what zentrell is doing it actually allows you to be able to get that onset time that cmax that how high am i actually getting what's the uh, the duration how long is someone actually staying high or having that effect and then tying that back into the group to be able to understand how's that impact on the mood so for someone who's developing a product it allows me to be able to say i've got a winner here i don't it allows me to be able to say i've got a differentiator versus everything else in the marketplace and it allows me to be actually to able to track my products versus all the competitive products out in the marketplace. So super cool from that perspective. The other side is allows you to actually build out a huge amount of data that I can then say, as I bring this to market, here's how I can communicate it to the bud tender. So the bud tender can properly communicate it to the consumer to say, well, this beverage is going to do this for you, but that beverage is going to do this. Right. And you actually can have this comparative and this discussion on, on a certain day and a certain occasion, this is the beverage you may want to have. But, you know, if you're having that celebration where you just want to have that giddy high, well, here's the product you actually want. Or if you're just a, you know, a complete newbie to the space, well, this is what it's going to do for you. And that is, is such a differentiation in the marketplace to be able to provide that type of information and allow the R&D or the product developer to be able to get there. But then if you then tie that into the marketing side, well, geez, now I can actually start to categorize products, right? So through Zentrella, we can actually say, okay, here's all of the all of the beverages, as an example, and really drill that down and say, these are the beverages that are going to get you super, super high to the point of, you know, you're done, if you will, right? And on the other hand, here's the other products that are going to get you that giddy high, or here's the products that are just going to allow you to be able to relax and enjoy your afternoon, right? So that allows you to actually start to categorize products as a retailer and serve the customer better, allow consumers to be able to better understand what they're actually getting involved with.
0: And it's it's the gap,
1: obviously, that needs to be
0: filled. And it's super compelling hearing both of you talk about it. I want to almost ask you. Um, not to name names, but Israel, thinking about all the, what's on the shelves now, right? Like, and knowing what you know, sort of now looking at those products, do you have, are you sitting in this weird spot where you're saying, oh man, they have missed the mark on marketing or branding or the consumers they're going after, because now you have more information than they had developing those products. Do you find yourself in this position saying, you know what, if they took this product and approached it this way, knowing the effects that we have, you know, are you sort of doing a reverse engineering of how they, how folks should be operating in the market?
2: Absolutely, Jay. So you know what is happening is that during twenty twenty one, we conducted many hundreds of you know consumer experience research participations with 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 beverages and edibles and a couple of pre rolled uh, pre rolled products. And it's very interesting to see, for example, that two products with the same amount of THC create a completely different consumer experience. We can, while we cannot specifically claim what is the reason behind that difference, even though both products have the same amount of THC, because that will require advanced clinical okay. research, it is, it is proven with our neurotechnology that, for example, one beverage creates faster and stronger psychoactive experience than than another beverage with the exact same amount of THC. Now, the other interesting part that we are kind of discovering or understanding is that, you know, the industry tends to think that all the consumers want a fast and strong product in in terms of THC psychoactive potency, But, but the truth is that that only applies for a specific type of consumer, which is maybe a frequent consumer that has experience in dealing with THC, right? They enjoy it. So so they tend to think that, but the the reality is that other type of consumers like infrequent consumers, you know, that, that they don't have that type of experience or tolerance, you know, that type of products, they find them very strong and the experience is not pleasant at all. So what we are helping cannabis companies is to understand, okay, this product creates this type of fast and a strong uh, experience. And this is the type of consumer that is actually enjoying the, the experience. And this is the type of experience that is being created by your product. Whereas the competition is, is, is not exactly your competition just because they have the exact same amount of THC. They are just targeting other type of consumer. So that's the type of insights that we are gaining by, by, by being able to objectively quantify, you know, the psychoactive, uh, you know, ex- experience created by different, by two products with the same amount of DHC. But also we have been able to now objectively quantify what is the actual difference between drinking, a, you know, having a beverage versus an edible versus inhaling cannabis. That's another kind of even though everybody knows that the experience will be different, having objective and accurate information about how the onset time changes and when you reach the maximum potency of that psychoactive experience has been very useful and, and kind of intriguing for you know the the actual you know cannabis consumers. Yep. And finally, the other kind of interesting innovative component that we have identified is you know, being able to start quantifying the, you know, inhalation, cannabis inhalation. For example, if you are vaping, how, you know, today, you cannot determine, you know, how high you will get because there is not, there is not an, a unit of measurement, right? So what we, what we are kind of doing is that we are objectively quantifying or determining or, or, or documenting how many puffs participants are having when they bring their vape or their, their pre-rolls and documenting uh, with the neurotechnology or quantifying how high they are getting based on that number of puffs. So what we are kind of finding very exciting is that that type of products now we can, we can, we can tell consumers how high they will get, depending on the number of puffs that they will get. And I think that the innovative or interesting or exciting part here is that consumers tend to select products based on THC potency again, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you need to get super high if you select a a vape with, you know, high THC potency. What it just means is that maybe you just need to have Two or three paths and achieve that desired experience. So I think that that will also change or transform the way consumers are, uh, you know, will select vape pens or you know pre rolls or you know just inhaling dry flour.
0: It's like the coolest nerdiest cannabis shit there is. Uh, It really, it really is, and I love it. I'm being that uh, very, uh, very, uh, really, I I love it. Um, Jay, Jay, I want to ask you because obviously you know the landscape really really well you could probably line up all you know whatever thousand SKUs on the Ontario Cannabis Store but marrying that up with sort of the research and the work that Centrella is doing like are there just like Jay are there are there gaping holes that like companies need to do R&D around because there isn't this product that is great for you know th- that doesn't do the exact right thing for a 30 year old yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like, are those gaps even becoming um, more clear from your perspective?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, what's really interesting here is that this is the next level of both consumer. Research as well as product research, right? And product innovation. So when you think about it, not only are we able to now take a look at what's out there and just say, okay, you know, I've I've categorized this as this is for the heavy consumer and this is for the newbie consumer and this is for the one that wants to be, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? Which is what we've done today. And we've seen in the marketplace that the that the there's no one brand that's really jumping out and really leading everywhere. There's not this huge brand loyalty. But when you start to tie in both the effects, right, and that education for the consumer, now I can start to differentiate the product, I can start to tie it into a brand, and I can start to educate that consumer, right, so now I can actually talk to them in a way that's going to make sense for the consumer, so it allows you to be able to hit that. One of the things, and, and Israel kind of alluded to it before when he was talking about you know, one product you know, that, that may have 10 milligrams and another product that may have 10 milligrams could affect the individual differently. Well, we've sort of known this. We've talked about it in the entourage effect, but how do you explain entourage effect to a new consumer coming into the marketplace? It's, it's virtually impossible, right? You know, it's like, what do you mean? It has to do with terpenes. What, what is terpenes, right? You know, what is, a, what is a flavor and aroma in cannabis? What does all that mean? Well, I can now tie that in and I can hit a spot to say, yeah, here's the right product for that 30-year-old that really wants to just have a nice, relaxing evening, right? Wants to mellow out. Here's that opportunity for that 20-year-old, you know, 20-something that wants to really have that fantastic concert event, right? Or that fantastic, you know, experience of some kind. And really start to build out those products. So from a point of view of product development, absolutely huge, right? This is now gives you these insights that didn't happen before. The way market products have come to market the you know, fifteen hundred products that are out in the landscape today. It's really been okay. Well, let's see. Look, what color do we want to make it, right? What what sort of flavor profile do we want to have, right? How many milligrams do we want? Would we want to put in it? Do we want to mix it in with anything else? And that's been product development today. Now we actually take that next level and we start to talk about the experiences, which is really weird. it's all about, it's all about, it, right? You know, why are, why is someone consuming cannabis? They're not necessarily consuming it just because it's got the right color. They're not right. consuming it because it's got the right brand, right? They want to understand what that experience is, but the regulatory environment we live in makes it hard for any of the LPs to communicate that. So this gives us a way to be able to objectively talk about it, show what that experience is, and then be able to target in those products. So when you look at the retailers today or the, the boards who are saying, you know what, I really need to rationalize all of my SKUs. I don't know whether the, you know, the 200 SKUs of flour I have are really covering off my consumers, but, you know, I think 200 is too many, so I'm going to reduce it. Right. But they're, they're just, they're reducing it based on sales and their sales may be only there because when the consumer walks through the door, what do they have the opportunity to ask about? What's the price right. and how much THC does it have? Right. After that, you know, is the nug big or small? Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, you know. No,
0: the, no, it's, it's 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 I was, when you were going through the different profiles, I, was, I wonder which 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 uh, product would be best for late forty year old men dealing with uh COVID restrictions <laughs> right now in Ontario because that's the one that's the one I think would sell that's, that's the, that's right the seller. <laughs> that would be a huge seller. But don't worry, I'm doing my own product research uh all the time over the, uh, until January seventeenth. Um, Israel and Jay, I really appreciate. Taking...
1: What's that? Or the twenty sixth.
0: Well, hey, how dare you! <laughs> Uh, if it's going to be from the 17th to 26, we're going to need stronger product for sure. Yeah, um,
1: uh,
0: uh, Israel and Jay, I really appreciate you making time and taking time. I'd love to come see what you guys are up to in Hamilton uh, as Absolutely. restrictions ease, Absolutely. but I really appreciate the time today. And we look forward to connecting with you down the road and uh, kudos to the interesting work you guys are all doing.
1: Thanks awesome. very much, Thank you too. very much. Appreciate it.
0: That was episode five of Cannabis Daily and completes our first full week on this YouTube channel. We encourage you to share your thoughts in the, in the comment section below. And thank you for joining us here all week on YouTube. Please do subscribe. Uh, have a great weekend and we will see you on Monday.